Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. We hope you all had a great weekend out there and a great start to your week as well. It may help you out a little bit to know that we did just make it through what is typically, seasonally speaking, the worst week of the year historically for stocks. That was last week. It lived up to the hype. All of our major indexes did finish lower on the week last week. Um, And today, coming into the week, was the kind of session that initially gave you some pause here. You know, thinking, hey, maybe it's not quite over yet. We had the U.S. dollar hitting its highest level since November of last year. We also saw the 10-year yield breaking out to new highs today, up 2.34%, now to a 4.54% on the 10-year yield. There's a lot of fears out there of the Fed's talk of this higher for longer theme. And so, as you might expect, our markets... We're a little all over the place earlier in the session. A lot of whipsaw action between positive and negative territory all day, really. And what was good to see and what you might have assumed was a bad day for our markets really ended up to not be a bad day at all. A lot of our major indexes finishing at their highs of the day today. We got a strong smart money hour, which is exactly what you want to see. And again, a little bit surprising maybe after uh, you know all of the bad news out there, and I'll touch on this some in today's podcast as well, this wall of worry that is really being built up right now. And as we head into what is typically known as a crash month for stocks, is which is October. You know, you see a lot of data backing up that the lows for the for the last half of the year typically take place in October. Uh, you know, refer to it as October phobia. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of investors' minds here. But the good news is that the fourth quarter of the year is also one of the strongest ones for stocks. Uh, so we'll get into a lot of that here today. But good to see our markets able to finish to the upside today, especially with a strong smart money hour. And again, on a day where we have dollar up, yields higher as well, which is a big concern for investors. I'll get to that, some of that here today as well. But first, check out this great piece of analytics here from Ryan Dietrich, uh, who's maybe one of the best uh, for going back and taking look, taking a look at all these, you know, seemingly obscure stats. It's almost like listening to a baseball commentator. You know, when you hear these off the wall stats, like. This this batter has the best batting average since 1979 in the seventh inning with two outs, a left-handed pitcher, and a runner on second. You know, just how do they even find that kind of data? Uh, but Ryan Dietrich and his team do a great job of it here. So take a look at this one. When stocks are down more than 1% in August and September, it hasn't always been a bad thing. In fact, Q4 has been higher 12 out of the past 13 times with big gains in October. In fact, the average gain for October is 4.5%. That's a big month. And the average gains for the fourth quarter then are an average of 7% gains. Uh, you know, Honestly, we're looking here for an even better fourth quarter than that uh, as we head into year end. Uh, overall, though, 
if you've been tuning in with us here, you know that we remain long and strong as we head in to year end. We've talked a lot over the last couple of months since the, the high that we saw in July that the August and September timeframe are two of the worst months of the year. That's the worst two month stretch of the year uh, for stocks. Uh, so now that we're nearing the end of that period, and we've just gotten out of the worst week of the year, seasonally speaking as well, we have a few things to look forward to here. And one of those being not only end of the month fund flows, whether that be from retirement accounts, hedge funds, uh, typically the beginning of a new month is an inflow from those funds, but we also have an end of quarter fund flow coming as well and heading into what everyone knows to be typically the fourth quarter is strong. We expect that those that liquidity coming in to be strong as well. Uh, so let's take a look here at this wall of worry that we see building. We got a few things coming up this week. Uh, we got some uh, inflation data, you know, Japan, Europe, here in the US, we have the PCE numbers coming out later this week. Of course, that we've got the ongoing auto worker strike here, which just seeing uh, come in today as well. It looks to be ramping up their efforts as well. And then in October, we have the resumption of student loan payments, which will be more liquidity coming out of the system, money that people could spend on daily goods or to invest in stocks. All of that money coming out of the system now to pay student loans for the first time in three years since uh, coronavirus insanity began. And then, of course, maybe one of our favorites here is the possible government shutdown. We're gonna be hearing a lot about that. You can never avoid it. Every single time they do this, you know, we say, all right, shut it down. You know, just don't reopen it. That'd be great. Uh -huh. um, so it's gonna look really scary. You know, everyone on TV will be warning about the, the impact of the stock market, the impact on the economy. Well, the funny thing is, is that the stock market has held up historically very well during government shutdowns because it means something for stocks as well, which is that they can't go in there and pass new laws that take them out of business as usual type of environment. Uh, and companies tend to like that. They know that there's not going to be any surprises out of right field for them there. So we say shut it down. You know, that's fine by us. Uh, and of course, that doesn't mean that they're going to stop spending, or at least on the military side, they don't have to stop spending their massive budget. Uh, but if they could just leave it shut down, that would be absolutely fine on our end. Uh, but the good news here is this is a wall of worry, and the market loves to climb a big wall of worry. So there is a lot to be fearful out about there right now. Of course, we're coming up on an election year as well, which will be a massive distraction uh, again next year. I wonder how many productivity hours get lost every year, every election cycle year. Uh, probably right up there with as many productivity hours get lost during the NFL season, which is a lot. Sorry for all of you NFL fans out there. I always wonder though, how many, you know, uh, mind hours get wasted on watching sports every year. Uh, not saying that it's a waste of time necessarily, but uh, it, it is a little bit. It can be, especially if you're involved in fantasy football. Uh, got a little distracted by that one this weekend myself, but we're 2-1 and one now, so looking pretty good to start off the year. <laughs> um, but again, these fearful items, 
we look at this as an opportunity and we're still looking at it as a buying opportunity as we head in to year end. But the, the another plus side here that we've been talking about for the last couple months as well, we wanted some of this bullish sentiment to come out of the market. Over the last few months, we saw we saw bullish sentiment get up to a high of 44, almost or almost 45 percent bulls in AAII in August. Then in September we got back up again to 42. That in a significant out, it was significantly outweighed towards bulls as opposed to bears. Now. We know that the market likes to fool as many people as possible, so we didn't necessarily like seeing that everyone had joined our side on the bullish side of this market, but this wall of worry has quickly taken the steam out there. We talked about this last week with the AAII seeing a big uptick in bearish sentiment. We now have more bears than bulls. Uh, for the first time uh, since the end of August, uh, so that's good to see there. We've also seen the fear and greed index now at a 38. It closed at a 35 on Friday. So still firmly in fear mode there. And today we've been seeing a lot of put buying lately. The put call ratio coming in again today, just about, uh, it was above a one, just about all day today, uh, which is exactly what we want to see here as a, as a reminder, typical Put call ratio is about a 0.7. Anything above that is seen is seen as bearish sentiment. Uh, so we're certainly hitting fear levels here as well uh, in the put call ratio. And so now that we're on the other side of this, and we know that the market likes to fool as many people as possible, this looks to be setting up for a perfect kind of rug pull environment for our markets. Whether that is in maybe one of the first weeks of October or so, we do get that October kind of flush out crash. Um, we wouldn't mind seeing it. We would look at it as a buying opportunity here. Uh, so looking at our markets on the day today, again, not certainly not a bad day when you have the 10 year up 2.3%, US dollar hitting multi-month highs as well. We'll take it. Uh, we're led today, exactly what you want to see, tech leading the way, up uh, just under half a percent on the day to 13,271. And what else do we want to see? Semis leading tech. You want to see tech leading the market and semis leading tech. The semis, SMH, the semiconductor ETF, was up seven-tenths of one percent today, which was good to see. After that, we had small caps up 0.44% on the day to 1,784. Next up, the S&P 500 up four-tenths of 1% to 4,337. A lot of people keying off that uh, 4,300 level there that we want to see hold. Uh, really, it's, it's the round numbers that get people uh, on, on the psychological side of trading. You don't like to see a breakdown below those round numbers like a 4,300 level. Today, got down to 4,302. We closed at a 4,337. We do want to see that 4,300 level hold there. And lastly here, the Dow Jones up just over one-tenth of 1% 1 to 34,006. Good to see the transports leading the Dow as well today. Actually leading the semis even up three-quarters of 1% today. Uh, they've had a, a, a nasty sell-off since the end of July. We want to see the transports start participating here again as well. Now looking at our internals on the day today, 
We had some back and forth here as well, ultimately finishing slightly negative on the day. Uh, given kind of some of that whipsaw action I talked about earlier, really not too bad of a day coming in just about even, slightly negative for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ with declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, but again, not by a whole lot. 52-week highs, lows were the low spot on the day. Coming over the combined NYSE and NASDAQ, just 67 stocks hitting 52-week highs to 651 hitting 52-week lows. You know, we'd like to see that getting close to capitulation numbers there uh, and certainly an indicator that we want to see turn around, but it operates with a little bit of a lag on that indicator. Lastly here, volume, probably our, definitely our bright spot on the day. Coming in almost exactly even on the NYSE, managing to come in positive here on the NASDAQ. So good to see volume, uh, uh, people participating on the buy side there. Next up, looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with eight out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. We were led by energy, it's been a phenomenal run here, followed there by materials and consumer discretionary. Our laggards on the day, some of the defensive sectors, consumer staples leading the way lower, followed by utilities and real estate. Those were just down fractionally on the day today. Uh, we pointed out a chart to members this morning of the home builders here, this is about the time that we would look to get a rally. We reached the bottom of the trend line going back to the October lows of last year. We want to see that trend line hold. Uh, <clears throat> we continue to like housing a lot here as well. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Let me get a quick load on these screens here. As you might imagine, with the US dollar rallying today, commodities are lower. Gold down half a percent to 1,934. Let me get a quick chart of gold here. See, don't wanna miss anything. Right at its 200 day moving average right now, that's a level that we'd like to see hold. We do like gold here. Uh, but the gold miners were also down on the day today. Uh, <clears throat> we want to see just like we want to see tech leading the market, you want to see gold miners leading the precious metal as well. Uh, next up, silver down 1.9% on the day to $23.38 an ounce. Copper, now, excuse me, I might have said up, it was down 1.9%. Copper down 0.59% to $3.67 a pound. And oil pulling back. Uh, today, a little bit here, down just under two-tenths of 1% at $89.88 a barrel, just below that $90 a barrel mark. And finally for today, Bitcoin also lower on the day despite news that uh, MicroStrategy, which is uh, Michael Saylor's company, he's been a Bitcoin maximalist for years now. They had just acquired another $157 million worth of Bitcoin. Uh, that is roughly 5,445 coins there, uh, to be exact. Just continuing to load the boat there, really redefining what it means to be all in. Uh, but Bitcoin is down on the day by eight-tenths of 1% to 26,281. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at vrainsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. 
Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.